Welcome, everybody. Simon Gregory here is your host for this session, and I'm joined by Habib Sabjali, who is the head of Global Equities. I'll be seeing Jeremy Richardson, Senior Portfolio Manager. And it's quite apposite, as head of the team, Habib, I'd like to ask you a few few thoughts and maybe some, some searching questions today about the team. You set this team up in 2006, and that was your job. You were tasked with, with renovating an existing team and bringing in some new talent to a team. What was important to you when you were establishing your global equity team? Hi, Simon. Um, okay, I think the first realization as a global portfolio manager is, is that you have to recognize that the world is too complex a place to, to manage a global portfolio single-handedly. Uh, managing global portfolios is a team sport. It's not an individual activity. So it is a matter of building a team. And in terms of building a team, there's a real balance between two things, between the depth of industry knowledge and effective decision-making. So when one thinks about uh, depth of industry knowledge, what would basically, as, as a global stock picker, what we're looking to do is to identify future trends before they happen to identify future winners before they happen. So you need to have a deep understanding of each industry, what's going on, what the, what the drivers are, tech, technological, behavioral, regulatory drivers. And, and this would argue for a larger team. But at the same time, what we're really doing is building portfolios. And this is where we need effective decision-making units the group of individuals have to come together as a team to make decisions. And we have to be able to take one person's best idea and compare it to another best idea, to another person's best idea, to put it in a pecking order so that we know as a team what our best ideas are. And we kind of call this calibrating conviction. And that is probably the hardest thing that we do because, you know, Everyone is different. Some people are, are natural optimists and very good presenters. Other people are naturally more pessimistic and more cautious and may not be as good presenters. And we need to put all of this onto the same footing. So that this actually argues for a smaller team. And uh, it is a matter of striking this balance. And you know, we as a team, when we set up this team all those years ago, almost 12 years ago now, uh, we focused on making sure that we had quality rather than quantity. What, do, do you think there's, a, there's an ideal number? Well, the way we looked at the, the industry groups, we felt we needed about seven people to, to cover the industry groups. Uh, there, there's certain things that naturally fit together, like um, telecom and technology naturally fit together, the, all the sort of consumer areas naturally fit together. But then it's very hard to combine healthcare with anything else. You need a healthcare specialist. So I, I think we, we did, after a lot of analysis, felt that that was the kind of right number of industry specialists. So what, having, having put this team together, what do you see your role as, as team head? Are you arbitrator? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, and just, just come back to the, the previous mm. question, though, because mm. it's not just having industry specialists, yeah. is it, though? Because actually you also need, or well, we think at least, that somebody to keep score, uh, somebody to 
to tell you where you're making mistakes, how you can improve, uh, somebody to reflect where your biases may be so that you can end up uh, addressing those and hopefully coming up to, yeah. to more robust decisions, more robust decisions in the future. Yeah, you see, there's, there's another very important part of, of, of the, the whole team structure that we can have a, a team of industry specialists that uh, come up with the winners of the future and uh, these great business, great wealth creating businesses to identify them. But a portfolio is more than just a collection of your best businesses. Uh, as I said, the, the world is, um, is such a complex place. There's so many things that can impact your, your portfolio at any one point in time, whether that's what's going on at the various country level, what's going on with the interest rates, what's going on with commodity prices, what's going on with exchange rates, uh, what's just going on with markets, uh, you know, volatility, liquidity, are small caps outperforming large caps. All of these things can impact your portfolio in quite a material way. And we as portfolio managers kind of aren't necessarily that uh, attuned to those, those types of macro or market type, type risks. But we know that there are, there's a whole industry out there. There's a science out there around this, around risk management and portfolio construction. So it was also important to bring in a couple of people who had those skills and embed them within the team to help us not just pick the stocks, but to build efficient portfolios. And I think that was a, a, a very important part of rounding out that team. Uh, it's a bit in, in sporting in sort of football terms, uh, sort of soccer terms for North American uh, listeners. It's like having a defense and a goalkeeper. You know, you do need to, to rather than just play offense all the time, you do need uh, a, a structure. But that was, you know, correct me if I'm wrong with you, but that was very different when, you know, 12 years ago. I'm struggling to think of other teams that have that, that capability embedded within it. Yes, it's it, it sort of, our industry has typically uh, broken down into the sort of fundamental stock pickers and then these scientists with the computers and then the big risk models doing sort of systematic strategies and never the, 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 the twain shall meet. But I, I remember uh, us all sitting down and uh, in those early days when, when you sort of sit down and say, right, okay, we are going to be entrusted with client capital. Uh, how do we want to, uh, to invest this? What do we want to do with this client capital? How are we going to grow it? And our, our answer to that was very simple. We want to invest in great businesses, wealth generating businesses and transmit that wealth generation to our clients. But we know that there are all of these other risks out there that we know nothing about, and that these risks can be very large and very material. You know, just like I said, country risk, interest rate risk, oil price risk. So how, what do we do about this? And I, I remember I was sitting there also saying, you know, if your car's broken down, you need to go and find a mechanic to fix it. Well, let's go and get a couple of these guys onto the team who can help us manage. First of all, just be aware of what risks we're taking and then help us manage these risks so that they're not material to, to the portfolio. And uh, finding these people is not easy, uh, at least people who, who want to work with fundamental investors. And, mm. and that was, um, I, I think that was actually a really interesting time when, when we went out and, uh, and, and completed the team by adding those skills to the team. Did you ever have any, any conflicts between the, the sort of risk side 
and then fundamental side and, and and you can't do this because of the risk profile do, do, do you have to manage those sorts of battles in in, in the team oh absolutely I, I i think those were uh those battles is probably where we learned the most and uh we improved the most uh, because you have different people everyone cares they the only purpose for for that debate and for that those arguments because there were arguments about was that we they wanted to do the best thing for for the for the portfolios mm. and different people came at from different angles and we had to educate each other about the different risks we were taking the opportunities and then it is about balancing the those those risks and opportunities so uh, we we can take calculated risks rather than uh, uneducated risks and Jeremy you you cover the consumer sector have you ever felt your sort of nose put out of joint a bit when you've been told you couldn't own as much of something as you wanted or you couldn't own it at all no no because that's never happened i mean the whole mm. thing about the the role of the portfolio construction experts is that they are helping us to create a portfolio that reflects the investment philosophy but the idea generation and what makes a great business uh, which is often characterized by how that business is competing within a particular industry you know, that is a question of fundamentals it's not a question of portfolio construction so the industry experts the industry specialists really own that those insights into the particular industries and what makes a great company by industry and are responsible for that fundamental view the challenge though as abib was just saying is this how you take those insights and build that into a portfolio that then reflects what you're trying to do and you don't lose any of the any of the value that you're trying to identify with your fundamental view through uh, unintended biases or sort of lumpy portfolio construction uh, such that you get these crosswinds impacting the portfolio and therefore the investor gets these nasty surprises so to habib as team head does does that mean that you you need to identify a certain sort of individual that can can buy into the team ethos Yeah yes I mean absolutely I I think we you, you can't be a, a sort of loner or an individualist yeah. in this sort of structure it strikes me as I said this is a, a this is a team activity running global portfolios the team activity everyone has has a role to play on the team we have a series of experts or we come together as one team and we have to work with each other we have to help each other we have to collaborate we have to cover for each other we have to support each other but it is it's what the team does that dictates whether we we stand or fall and in terms of location your teams located in one place do you think that's better than having people on the ground you're a global team should <laughs> yeah. you be globally dispersed i i i think uh, we really value being all, all together uh in in most of the place. time <laughs> <laughs> well, well i was going to say uh, see many of our sort of most sort of profound insights have actually come from casual conversations mm-hmm. and and yeah. that ability to for people to be together and just have these uh, spontaneous uh, conversations and the flow of information uh, i think is really valuable and and also just you know to be able to go out for a meal or go out for a drink together uh mm-hmm. you know i think that's really important but also when you say be on the ground uh as global investors where is the ground you know we it, it's mm. it's everywhere and anywhere so we do spend a lot of time at airports traveling around but we think it's important to have uh, 
a, a hub where everyone sits together. And London kind of works. It's, it's the right kind of time zone in between North America and, and Asia. So, you know, you can get Asia in the morning and, and North America in the, in the afternoon. Uh, but it is important that we all together and and that information flows freely within the team. Yeah, and, and fund management is a quite a, a reasonably competitive industry, and often it seems as if there's a lot of movement between firms and sometimes a bit of a merry-go-round, which is probably to the detriment of underlying clients. What do you think is important to motivate people to keep them in situ, and how do you get the best out of them? I think it's 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 recognizing that the, the team is greater than the, the sum of the individuals, and uh, I, for one, would be the first to say that uh, I would not be half as effective as I uh, as I have been if I didn't have this team. And I I think probably many of the team would would say the same thing. Yeah, Jeremy, would, would yeah, you no, agree? absolutely, absolutely, totally agree. And you you've been on board pretty much since the uh, since the inception of the team as well. Yeah, and it's um, uh, you know, the world is far too complicated for any one person to do. That. And uh, it, where people do try and do that, they end up with making shortcuts and trying to simplify the world. And those simplifications are a route to bias creation um, because instead of actually transmitting a, an investment philosophy into a portfolio, actually you're just transmitting a whole lot of hmm. biases into a portfolio. And, and yeah, it, you end up with uh, quite volatile, or can end up with quite volatile uh, investment performance that is is not really characterised by a nicely diversified portfolio of of best ideas. Um, so, you know, having a successful team, having everybody who which is buying into that same investment philosophy, uh, and actually you know, supporting each other. I mean, let's not forget if you if you are owning a, a company, if you're investing your um, uh, clients' uh, wealth in, or a capital into a company, you're doing that because you expect to be able to generate uh, attractive returns over the long term. And that, that the price of that, uh, that the market is putting on those cash flows, is wrong. That can be a very lonely place to be. You're assuming that the, the combined knowledge of the rest of the marketplace is wrong, that there's a, there's a price arbitrage, that you can, this thing is um, uh, less than its intrinsic valuation. To make that kind of a, a statement and do that by yourself across a, a, a full portfolio is require an awful lot of uh, self-confidence and, and, and metal, I would argue. And the fact that you can do that with the support of a, a team behind you who are sort of reaching the same conclusions, challenging you to get better if, the, if they don't believe uh, what you say is um, your, your views are, uh, are warranted. Actually, you end up actually improving, I think, over time uh, and coming to more robust conclusions as a result. So just just in conclusion, one thing, and, and and please bear with me, Jen. Sitting sitting here looking at at you, I wouldn't exactly use the phrase millennial to describe uh, <laughs> either of you. Um, Thank you. But you know, obviously, consumption. Let me just loosen this frock coat. Yeah, consumption patterns are changing. Mm. You know, the, the rapid pace of change in technology and how people are interacting with the world. You know, Experience is great, and you've got a very experienced team. But how do you balance that with the fact that the world is changing, and that there's you know, generational shifts are, are taking place? Well, I I think we do need to bring on uh, younger people, and we do have some younger people on the team, and we are developing the the next generation. But I think it's also a matter of being very open minded and uh, and learning and 
I think intellectual humility is a really important uh, thing. You know, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the market is a very humbling place. The day we feel because we've got some gray hairs that we know it all, I tell you what, this market will just steamroller you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I entirely agree. You know, experience is very helpful, um, but uh, attitudinal approach, um, I think, is probably more important um, because it, it's not about uh, it's age necessarily. It's 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 about how you how your your thought patterns. Um, that's, I think, in what counts in the long run. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, gentlemen. Certainly appreciate your insights on the team and, and the very best of luck in what are quite challenging markets. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.